You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. Hey, everyone. Today is Wellness Wednesday. And my guest today is Chef Ken Blue from the Hippocrates Institute in West Palm Beach, Florida. Ken is 100% committed to using all of his abilities to achieve the Hippocrates mission of helping people help themselves by empowering them to live in a natural state of health. Hey, Chef Ken, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing great, doing great. How about you? Things are fantastic. Uh, Things are great. I want to get right into this because I know you're a busy guy. Uh, I keep you on schedule. Talk about your career, and let me ask you something before we get started. As a child, I understand you started off working and uh, playing at your grandfather's restaurant. Do you think that's when things started kind of making sense to you as a, in the food world, the culinary sense? In the food world, for me, it was just, um, at the beginning, just fun. I mean, I remember with my brother uh, running around and, and uh, my grandfather and my uncle saying, do something, get these kids out of the way, get them doing some work, and we were not doing the healthiest. We were breading onion rings and doing things, but it was just uh, amazing to see all the stuff. And, um, you know, to us, it was kind of just fun, which um, I I think you you should have fun in what you're doing. And so that did attract me and keep me going with food and still does. That happened at an early age. Where was that? What state was that in? That was in Baltimore. The crab, Maryland. crab, Crab country. Yes, we had crab cakes, and as I said, we had different ideas of what was healthy yeah. and what I'm doing now. Interesting. So let's fast forward a little bit and give our listeners some background on how that career really started to elevate and take off, and when you knew that this was your calling in life. When did it all take, start taking shape? Uh, things went in phases, really. I worked some, and I remember, um, you know, as a child, I would be very, you know, even when I was young, very into sauces and very into, you know, different sauces I would have and how I would create my little sandwich and my grandfather would laugh at me and say, wow, you, I said, every bite should taste the exact same. And he just laughed and said, but it takes you so long. But that thought of each bite being the same and the flavors stuck with me. I, I watched, uh, I remember from Apocalypse Now, that movie, and think about that movie, what stuck out to me was the guy on the boat saying, I want to be a saucier and just make sauces for a living. And that's a vivid memory for me. And um, I was so into that before I even knew how to cook things. I was helping uh, create rest- like recipes and menu dishes. And I didn't really know how to do it. And my grandfather said, don't be stupid. Uh, use your brain. Don't work so hard. And I went to school for biology because he really, he really did not want me being in the restaurant business. And I secretly was still working in restaurants and different um, jobs when I was in college and um, I came back and he just shook his head and said, well, if you're that hard-headed, then, you know, he was happy to have me join in. And then I worked at many other restaurants because of that. And it, it was always fun and, and exciting and a, a social thing also for me. It is. You know, I was sitting here listening to you, reminiscing, I can in relating my mother's uh, side of the family uh, came from Italy. My great-grandmother came from Sicily. And I can, as you're saying, remember as a kid watching her take tomatoes and make sauce from scratch. 
uh, and then the pasta sauces, the pizza sauces, and you, you kind of got a, uh, a taste of what that was like. And, and there was a sense of enjoyment when she was doing it. Uh, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it didn't seem like hard work, although I'm sure it wasn't easy, but there's a love to it. So I, I got to ask you, do you have a love for cooking? I do. I have a certain things and I'll go home from a long day and I'll still turn on Food Network and say, what are these people doing? Even though it's not food I would eat anymore, I still have that interest and that, that passion about it. And when I'm doing it, there's just, you know, it, it can be at times, you know, I'm doing the most simple cutting. It's meditative. And I just get into a zone and it's it's like a meditation for me. Even with everything going around and the the creation of dishes is, is still exciting to me in different flavors and trying to constantly you know, keep changing things and making them better or fuse things together. It's, it's, it's definitely still a passion after all these years, for sure. It's therapy. I have to agree with you. You know, So you go to Emory University uh, and you majored in biology. Yes. And you come back. Are you a changed person? So, well, partly as I did uh, biology, I started realizing I didn't want to be doing the, you know, partly then the research, you know, fruit was still fruit flies. And, you know, even though it's electron microscopes and things, it still was that atmosphere. And I was like, I don't like that energy in that atmosphere. And I liked um, other aspects being out in nature and some of that uh, biology and but then I started doing business courses and kind of realizing that I really wanted to immerse myself more in, in the restaurant world. But it gave me a chance to really grow and expand and um, look at things from outside. Just the one restaurant, and I was worked in other restaurants and continued to do that afterwards. Okay, so you come back from Emory University. Did you get a job somewhere with the biology degree? No, I did not. I went right right back into restaurants. <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I just jumped right back into that. As I said, the whole time I was still working in places and um yeah. You couldn't shake so, your it, you couldn't shake your love for the, the culinary world. So let's start to, I, it, right? And even later I, I um you know, 'cause it's it's a very hard life of hours, a lot of hours in restaurants and I wanted to do a change and I came to a couple of times I said, I'm going to get away from this and um, get out of restaurant. I wanted to change career and I, it was like get pulled back into things. So Hippocrates, I came to Hippocrates realizing I didn't want to be in, I'd gone to working at a country club. My grandfather passed in the restaurant. My family said, my mother was like, we're not going to keep going with this. And I went and had a, a vegetarian restaurant for a while. Then I worked in a country club. And that really helped shift me. Someone gave me the manual from Hippocrates and said, the path you're on. At that point, I was doing a lot of Tai Chi and Qigong, and I was into healthy food. And the country club, this, the general manager said, people say they want healthy. They don't really want it. Just make what we're making. And the person who really wanted my job, as they cut back a lot in the summers, mm -hmm. he wanted me to leave. I didn't leave that year, but I left the following year. He gave me the manual and said, here, this is a better path for you. And it drew my interest to raw foods. And that really started changing things for me. Okay, but there's a little gap I want to fill in. Because you said you you came back from college, worked at a couple of restaurants. And then I heard you say you opened a vegetarian restaurant. What made you, What made, there was a shift right there. Talk about that for a second. 
Well, I, what happened is uh, my grandfather's restaurant, after he passed, my mother didn't want to keep going, and I was still young to just be taking over completely. Mm-hmm. And um, so that closed. I went and worked uh, at a really nice restaurant in Connecticut, and I came back to Baltimore with an opportunity to take over um, partial ownership of an already existing vegetarian restaurant and, and learn from them. And, and so that pulled me into the vegetarian world. At that point, were you a, ve- were you a vegetarian? I was not a vegetarian. No. And we were doing what I thought was healthy. Even at my grandfather's restaurant, we were doing the egg whites, re- you know, so far back. We were doing low fat and, you know, low, low um, healthier fusion um, of concentrating flavors in dishes. And so you could get a lot of flavor with less fat. But that was, our, that was my idea of healthy at that time. I see. Um, the turkey burger, the, you know, that, that level, and um, things like that. Right. Okay, so the country club, that was kind of... Uh, that was after the vegetarian right. restaurant. I, I just came in and was like, wow, this is a great business opportunity. Sure. And I wasn't vegetarian. And looking back, I had digestive problems where I didn't digest really, like I used to love lamb, mm-hmm. but my body didn't enjoy it at all. And I would eat it anyway. And only when I came to Apocrys did I realize my body was just telling me, stop eating that stuff. Eat healthier, eat vegetarian, eat less fat, and not eating the animal products. My digestive problems I had my whole life went away. But I missed that huge, you know, billboard by the side of the road that said, change the way you're eating. Here's a vegetarian restaurant to help you with that. And I ignored that. Interesting. What year was that that you, yeah. you got that manual? When, when, how long ago was that? <laughs> that was years. Wow, that must have been um, about 20 years ago. So that, at that point, someone says, here, look, check out this institute called Hippocrates in West Palm Beach, Florida. Oh, Hippocrates? Hippocrates was then, from the vegetarian, I went to work at a country club, which right. was very right, right. easy, very and but huge amounts of animal. That was... 15, about, yeah, that was 2003 when I started looking at raw foods and trying different ones and feeling the energy in it and feeling how great I felt. And then I pursued it and went to, um, did the health educator program at Hippocrates in the fall of 2003. And at that time, you said, that's it, I'm done with animal fats? Yeah, that's when my digestive problems disappeared. I Really, one of the things that inspired me was I went to Charlie Trotter's restaurant, famous chef in Chicago, and went with other chefs, and I ordered the vegetarian menu and vegan, and all of them agreed all the dishes that I got tasted better, looked better than what they ordered. And it was a you know prefix menu. Mm-hmm. And there were many dishes. And so that just... And he was doing raw food at the time, also working on his book that, that he was a part of. And... Um, that was kind of like the final, oh, yeah, this is the way to go. This is something new and exciting in food, something new to do. I feel great eating it. And I think there's going to be a big thing in the future. So that was the, the seal the deal for me that I needed to go and learn more about it. And that's what brought me to Hippocrates. It did. And the, funny, you know, the irony in all this is that your, your, your vegetarian restaurant won an award uh, best new vegetarian restaurant, and you weren't even a vegetarian, but you had the inclination how to how to put that together. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I looked and I just, it was one of those, okay, what can I learn and see what other chefs are doing and putting together. And, um, and it was actually sin carne, which is without meat. It was meatless Mexican. So it was a, a whole new thing for me that I, I put together and was a, a nice thing, but wow, so much, so much work. Is that, is that soy product they're using? We had some, yeah, we had some soy products, a lot of um, fresh vegetables and, um, you know, grilling and different things like that. So we talked a lot about the food aspect. Let's go into the, uh, the, the Tai Chi and the Qigong and the meditation, because along with the, being the chef at Hippocrates, you also uh, play another role, don't you? Yes, I, I teach Qigong here. I'm, I'm one of the teachers and uh, meditation as well as Tai Chi. And for me, this was when I was looking at coming to Hippocrates. I looked and said, look at all the pieces in my life that are coming together. Food, which had been a big part, and the food is medicine. My father was a doctor. My mother was a pharmacist. And so, so okay, so here's this part of my life. And then I was very into Tai Chi and Qigong, and here's energy and health from that approach. And all of that came together at Hippocrates of the energy, the food, the medicine, uh, of the food being the medicine. And so I, I really, I, this is one of those points where I said at, when I came here, I wanted to get away from being in the kitchen all the time. And I was teaching private Tai Chi classes on the beach and Qigong. And I was, wow, I'm getting paid to be on the beach in Florida. And what I would do anyway, just doing Tai Chi and Qigong. And I'm getting paid to do this. And I did a little part-time in the kitchen. And then the chef left and they said, we want you to be the chef. And I said, oh, I guess that's my path to come back in. So since then, I've been the, the executive chef, and what keeps me balanced and what gives me the, the relaxation, the pieces, the qigong and meditation and, and tai chi, and I've kept teaching that here, um, but dropped the outside private ones that I was doing. Gotcha. So qigong is, is a system of what body, holistic system of body postures that incorporates what breathing and meditation. Isn't it similar to tai chi in some ways? It is very similar to Tai Chi. The, the Qigong is more, um, even more focused for your health and much easier to learn than Tai Chi. It's much easier physical, physically also for people to do. And, and really, all of them have that same uh, principle of relaxation as, as while you're having proper posture and you still have intent and some focus. So that's a, a, a real blending of those. It has it seems like a perfect blending, and and now on top of all that, you're putting together the health. You're putting the healthiest foods in the body. So, get let's get some let's get personal. What have you noticed now? Let's look take where you are today. How you feel today? I know you said digestive problems are, are completely gone. What other benefits have you noticed by putting all these pieces together? The meditation, the tai chi, the qigong, and the healthy eating compared to where you were when you first started your journey in that restaurant. 20 years ago another big piece energy level um, I've always not had a problem my grandfather was very easygoing and laughed a lot and that's always been um, a way for me also and you know kind of having fun in situations no matter if they're challenging or not so that helps keep relaxed but my energy level 
but I've always been able to work a lot. My energy level, though, would go up and down, fluctuations in blood sugar level. And in a restaurant, you're, you constantly can just snack on food. A lot of people, you know, look at the Snickers commercials. And you're not yourself when you're hungry. That would be me. I would get irritable. Um, I'd, you know, eat something, drink something sweet. And my blood sugar level would go up and down. My energy would drop a little. I'd become moody. I'd get a little irritable or a little angry. And, and what you see, you, know, you may have seen in chefs on TV before. But that, that is gone. And now it's a much more high, even energy level throughout the day. And I credit a lot of that with the way I'm eating, with the sprouts, with the green juices, a big part. But also with doing the Qigong and the meditation, which has become a big piece for me and different um, cultivation techniques that I've learned that go along with that. And people are coming and you can say it's the food, is it the Qigong, the meditation, Tai Chi, it's, they sort of all blend in together. But people are coming that have seen me and like, you look the same that you looked 10 years ago. You look like the same when I met you this many years ago. And I just... I just joke and say, well, the, the lighting's dimmer now, or maybe your eyes aren't as good. But I'm hearing it a lot, and partly it's the, the vitality. Um, partly there's a certain how we look, the energy comes through. But uh, I've been fortunate also, and just I think that it has helped me keep a uh, uh, certain appearance going. You know, the first person listening right now says, I want everything Chef Ken has. I want the energy level. I want the feeling of peace uh, because they know stress is a precursor to a lot of diseases. They want what you have, but they can't give up the, the, the meat, the pork chops, the steak, the burger. How close can that person get to feeling like you're feeling now uh, without, without being, going completely vegetarian or vegan? I always say it's, it's a great question because a lot of people are, come and say, I'm not giving up this. I'm, I can't give up that. But the, the best thing is, what can you add in? Adding in the green juice that we do with the sunflower sprouts and pea sprouts, cucumber, celery, not all the sugar. A lot of people do apple and carrot and beet, and then you still get that roller coaster of the sugar. The, the easy digestion and of the sprouts and the juice really hydrates you, really gives you a great energy level. And for me, a lot of times we're putting in blue-green algae, chlorella, both of those are simple algaes which help uh, give you nutrition, they help cleanse your body, but they give you great energy and mental clarity. Um, other thing, for some reason, people struggle with, with the thought of eating a salad of sprouts. Don't just add some sprouts to your salad. Add some nice flavor. Shots of wheatgrass have become much more available. And that was a big part of our program here from the very beginning. And starting out just to a little shop, but that was one of the big things that got me really convinced about the energy of raw food. Was I did a shot of wheatgrass after I'd done some exercise, and I was thirsty. My stomach was empty. I did that shot. I was like, whoa, I can, this feels like a Qigong set. I feel the energy going through my body. And some people say, oh, he's kind of out there. But doing the shot of wheatgrass, you're getting pounds worth of vegetables that most people aren't willing to sit and eat, depending on the size shot size you're doing. You, do you, know, it, right. you get like five pounds. Yeah. yeah. And you want to do it very important, empty stomach when you're thirsty. To me, after you work out, it's always the best. If you're, if you're not working out, thirsty, empty stomach is great. 
but do that, you're getting in all of this energy, vitality, minerals, phytonutrients. Uh, there's so many benefits to doing that. You know, I was looking uh, not too long ago, reading, uh, reading an article about somebody who was all gung-ho on, on wheatgrass, and then they get the comments, the reviews, and, well, that's not meant for the human stomach to digest. Have you heard some, anything like that? Well, that's why we're drinking the grass, not eating the grass. If you chew on the grass, and they have special forces. Some of them are, you know, are taught for survival. You chew on the grass. You don't swallow it. You spit out the pulp. You're just drinking the liquid. You can survive just on grass. It is complete food. And you look at what's building, you know, people say, well, I'm going to eat a steak. Well, hopefully that cow was eating grass. Yeah. So, though many are not these days. Right. But you're just, their stomachs, no, we don't have a stomach to digest the grass like that. That's true. That's why we're just drinking the, the liquid, but you're getting all of that into your body without your body doing all the work. And fiber is good. But fiber, we're getting plenty. Start adding you know, adding the sprouts to your salad. Add sunflower sprout. Should be the number one sprout in the world. It's mild. It's complete protein profile in there, all the essential amino acids. It's it's really got everything you need in that. Um, so that would be a great one to add. Of course, people, broccoli sprouts are the most familiar to people because of the cancer-fighting properties and the research at, at Johns Hopkins University made that so well known that's an easy one to add in microgreens are popular now dr brian clement from hippocrates was on the show and he's he was saying the exact same thing about that bro- those broccoli sprouts now where do people find broccoli sprouts or sunflower they're sprouts where do you find everywhere them? at the are they're they fresh ev- I mean, produce department or are yeah, they, yeah yeah i mean look at them they should be green it's sometimes it's scary you look in a you know i go and i travel and i actually have to buy the stuff that i get here for free but I, I look and I'm like, I bring it to the front seat or the produce manager say, do you realize this is on your shelf? This is rotten. But a lot of the places, you know, you talk to them and say, oh, we're getting delivery on Tuesday or we're getting it Tuesday and Friday. And I say, great, that's the day I'll be coming. And you can, those should hold up for a week. And it's easy, easy to grow a lot of the sprouts, part of what we teach here. Then you're, it's, you're getting, you know, the most for your dollars and you're getting the freshest that you can get, which is more nutrition. But if you don't want to be bothered with that, generally I see that more and more available and microgreens. Microgreens and sprouts are up to 30 times the nutrition of the adult plant, much smaller amount. If you're thinking about eating five pounds of broccoli, who's going to eat that? Not a whole lot of people. Eat a little thing of broccoli sprouts. That's easy. You even notice it in your salad. Good to and know. the benefit. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. I think that's why uh, you're familiar with agrihoods. Agrihoods are sprouting up all over the place. Farm to table communities that have fresh farms instead of golf courses and, and and tennis courts and swimming pools. A lot of these developers now are putting farms in the center of these of these neighborhoods called agrihoods, and it's taken off like crazy right now because people are, are more conscious and they want to know exactly where their food's coming from. So everything you're saying is spot on. You and your wife, uh, Pam, started the, the Living Raw. Uh, what is it? Living Raw LLC. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, LivingRawLLC.com, and it's really just for people that are local. We're not shipping. I hope people, you know, keep the idea going other places. But 
people would say to us, oh, I can't do the juice because I can't find the vegetables or it's too difficult to shop for it. And growing, uh, just touching back to what you said about growing, when you grow your own, it's, you're getting more nutrition. The taste is so much better. Every, anyone who's grown their own tomatoes knows they t- taste so much better than what you buy in a store because you're going to pick it when it's ripe. And when it's ripe, it will not sit on a shelf for two weeks and look good. It's not going to hold up, but that's when they taste the best. It's true of all the different vegetables that you can grow in. That's a, it's going along with the nutrition and the increased flavor. We're trying to get stuff to people fresh so people pre-order to Living Raw so we can use our buying power here at Hippocrates and get people the best prices possible. And so we come in on our day off and do that and people have pre-ordered and they pick up and they say, thank you, this has allowed me to keep going. And we have some of the basic things of cucumber and celery and the sprouts, but things like lemons and limes and garlic and ginger and turmeric's become very popular for people to add to their juice right now. Great benefits that we have a local farm that's growing it, that we, we get some of that and then nuts and seeds we've added in and we keep finding the best prices and passing that on. It's kind of a co-op idea, but not the co-op idea of, well, here's a, here's your box. You're getting whatever we had. But instead, it's, what do you want? Okay, we're gonna, here's the best price we can do for that. Tell people the difference, Ken, between living foods and raw foods. Big difference. I'm just like living foods and raw foods, just like the difference of, or similar, I should say, to the other thing of people being vegetarian or vegan and eating junk food versus healthy. It's kind of like levels that you're going. Because you can eat vegetarian, vegan, junk food and still be very highly processed and not necessarily feel great. You can then say, okay, no, it's going to be primarily raw food. So cooking, when we cook food, it's a challenge for our body and for our immune system, which we overcome. And we do say, For someone healthy, 80% raw, 20% cooked is fine. So if you're doing your juice twice a day and your salad twice a day, you could do a cooked thing every day, very comfortable. Fruit could be 15% of your diet. That's five or six portions. People with health challenges, all raw, your immune system goes higher. But raw food could be going to a raw restaurant and they have, to me, indulgent raw food. It's bad combining. It could be still high fat high sugar, living foods, what's truly alive, the vitality of having sprouts, sprouted things, uh, fermented foods, which are truly still living, that is a whole other level of health and vitality that you're going to feel. So that's a center for us. We say ideally 50% of your plate, at least, is sprouts. And we have, yesterday we counted, we had 18 different sprouts in microgreen variety on the buffet. So that ideally, you have a nice little pile there that shrinks down. And then we have what we call side dishes, what a raw restaurant may call an entree. We had, the other day we had tacos with dehydrated walnut meat and uh, red pepper salsa and uh, salsa verde. And that was like a, that's just a side dish. Or we had raw pizza, macadamia and pine nut and different seeds for the crust. It's rich, it's heavy. You don't feel the same eating of just that as you do if you're eating the living foods, the sprouts, and 
the raw food together or just the living foods. Different levels that you feel of, of your vitality, your energy. If you eat a lot of real heavy food, yeah, it's hard to be real energetic. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Hundred, right? hundred, kind of, yeah, hundred ten percent bogs you down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's your meal you're never going to miss? Is it morning? Is it a breakfast? Is it a lunch or a dinner? What's what's on your daily personal menu every day that you haven't missed in so in a long time? As far as foods, it's funny because a big part of our program, really, to me, a big part is we fast one day a week. And so it's, no, I miss it. But what I miss the most when I go away and then I come back, if I've traveled and I can't get the green juice, that's to me, it's like, wow, I so miss the green juice. It's so, it's it. The energy that you get, uh, the level of hydration, just together, there's just something about it, just really your body just starts to crave that. Um, Fermented foods is a big thing for people to add in, but to say, well, taste-wise, um, oh my gosh, I need that. That wouldn't be accurate. I think the, it's weird to say as a chef, but my, people say, what's your favorite? I'm not a big person on favorites anyway. If you say, what's your favorite color? Mm-hmm. I'll be stumped. I don't think I can answer you. Um, but the, with the fasting, you kind of, Break some of those bonds where you're not like, oh my gosh, I need to have something. Like you have it, you desire it certain times, but it doesn't become a ruling force anymore. And, and when I traveled to China this last trip, I went two different days. We were stuck in airports and they don't tell you how long your delay is. And there was nothing I would really consider eating there. And people were, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What are you going to do? I said, it's no big deal. I'm going to fast today. It gave me such freedom. And yeah. they're running around looking for Junk. something that looks edible because mm-hmm. some of it just looks scary. And I just sat back and said, I'm just going to sit here and relax and rest. You all go and look and I'll see you when you come back. Your favorite personal, I know you don't have a favorite, but what is your most popular that you enjoy the most green drink that you say you crave when you're, when you're traveling? You come back and oh, what's so going our on? Basic. Our basic green drink is just the cucumber, celery, sunflower sprouts, and pea sprouts. And so 50% of the juice is sprouts. That's like our basic. It's very neutral. Um, So that's just, to me, just simple and good. Um, When you start to just, you know, my plate most of the time now, sunflower sprouts is a big section of it, and the bean sprouts, and it's just very simple. You throw it in a machine. You throw it in a machine. Every Thursday we have hands-on class and people add in a little lime and cilantro and a, a little bit of turmeric or ginger it's like oh that's great i loved that one and then someone else make one with fennel and and so that variety is just i love variety right. so to me it's, it's it's either i'm happy either way which is gives you this flexibility which is a big part of coming back to have that piece and Easy going is, oh, I'm flexible. This tastes great. That tastes great. And trying to find the, the, the joy in the different things that you do. But I don't like the juice to be painful or food that I eat to be painful. So or are you people, juicing if, it or is it going in a Vitamix machine, a blender? No. So you want to run through a juicer. And a single auger or the twin gear juicers are even better. You, you get different, much different quality of juice. It's much smoother. When you blend food, you're destroying the phytonutrients, the enzymes. There's some research showing that if you blend something, 
for 90 seconds, you lose 90% of the nutrition. Interesting. Why you would blend for 90 seconds, I'm not sure. sure but right. doing a smoothie is very different than doing the green juice through a juicer. So, and it's not centrifugal juicers. It's the, the juice extractors. Like We have the, the green power is a great one, angel juicers. Um, we have the omega here also. As I bring this in for a landing, I need to get people to find out where they can find you, and then I want them to go check out your buffalo cauliflower bites, that raw vegan recipe you have posted on the website. What, what's the best website they can find you on? Um, well, Hippocrates' website, we have a lot of recipes, and we're doing more. I'm looking to start putting out through that livingrawllc.com and have some links to either through there and through Hippocrates, some DVDs, uh, um, not shouldn't say DVDs, YouTube. So it's free for people to view and say, okay, here's how I make the recipe. We're working on a book. Um, certainly through Hippocrates, we have the um, Facebook and there's Instagram going on and different things. So just go into the website. There's a little listing of recipes. So those are some of the best ways. And, of course, if you get here to the property, that's, that's even better. We have a lot of listeners in Florida. Tell them where the property is. So we're in West Palm Beach. It's between Okeechobee and Belvedere, just west of the Turnpike, just off of Skies Road. And it's like a little tropical paradise that's just set in there. A lot of people aren't even aware that we're here. Hippocratesinstitute.healthinstitute.org, isn't it? Oh, so the website, Hippocratesinst.org. Gotcha. All right, Ken, before I let you go, if your life was a book, what would it be titled? Oh, that's a great question. My life was a book, what would it be titled? You know, I'm going to be quiet for a while on that one. I would say just, I, I think when people ask me, like, the Living Raw LLC, what is that? What is the LLC? Of course, it's really Limited Liability Corporation, but Living Raw, Living, Laughing, Caring. I like it, you know, loving, loving. you started the conversation and you use the word fun. I'm going to say probably about 45 or 50 times in the conversation. And you seem like you've got a pretty grip, pretty good grip on how to enjoy life and always inject uh, some fun in whatever you're doing. That's a great lesson right there because there's, I think as we get older, you know, I have a four-year-old boy and I watch him and he's always having fun. You know, he gets upset, obviously, you know, he gets frustrated, but then he gets, he comes right back out of it. And he's always having fun. Uh, he could be playing with rocks, four rocks and a stick, but he's having fun doing it. So I think there's a lesson in there to be learned. Yeah, I, I, things get difficult and you can laugh or you can get upset. And being able to laugh at yourself, as, a, as someone who was very, in the past, very self-critical, being able to laugh at yourself is a great tool. Laugh at situations as they're, I mean, you can find humor in things. It's such a great way to get through it. And a book I read on centenarians talked about you want to live and be over 100. They're all easygoing people. There so you go. That's a, a great, the best way to carry us, us through is, is enjoying things and Enjoy laughing it. as much as you can. Yeah. For sure. Hey, man, thank you for your time, Ken. And uh, I'm going to have to have you back on again because, like I said, you have your wealth of information and we're going to get a lot of response. We're going to get a lot of response from this interview and they're going to want to know where they can find you when you're going to be back on again. So I will coordinate with Sharon at the Institute sure. and work around your schedule. And we'll definitely have you back as a guest. We appreciate all that you shared with us today. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And again, thank you for your time.
right. And live well. Yes, you too. All right, buddy. Thanks again. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye.